Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Tonight, I have a guest whom I known for a little bit, but I think we we grew close kind of immediately. She's a fantastic human I adore, and I love her writing. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the one and only Deborah Lip. Uh, Deborah has been teaching Wicca, magic, and the occult for over 30 years. She became a witch and high priestess in the 1980s as an initiate of the Gardnerian tradition of Wicca. She's been publishing many pagan publications, including New Witch, The Llewellyn Magical Almanac, Pangea, and Green Egg, and has lectured on pagan and occult topics on three different continents. Deborah has had a thrilling 2023 with three books out and one coming in early 2024. Bending the Binary, The Way of Four, and Magic of the Elements are all available now. And you can look for the new edition of Elements of Ritual in February. And tonight we have her on the show because we're going to be talking about The Way of Four. And this is published by Cross Crow Books, our dear friends, here on our very own Chicagoland area. Deborah, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here on the show and especially to... To speak about this book, you were here not too long ago when we were talking about Bending the Binary, and I was totally like Google Gaga and fangirling on you because that book, it's really a wonderful piece of, you know, information that we all needed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Bending the Binary, just Google Laura Gonzalez, Lunatic Mondays, Deborah Lip, and the show should pop up. Uh but today we're going to be talking about the way of four. This is a masterpiece. And for some of us that didn't know the book existed, I would like to say on my defense that I have not existed in Chicago until 1998. So I didn't know this book existed. To me, this is my first encounter with the book. But Deborah. My first learnings of Wicca and witchcraft were 14 years ago with a wonderful teacher who now I know taught me everything I know from your book. (laughs) That's so funny. Literally everything. That's that's hilarious. (laughs) That's really great. I... Listen, this was a, so The Way of Four was originally published in 2004. It was my second book. And what I did this year was I completely updated it. 
So some of the updates are stupid, like where it references, you know, cassette tapes. Now we talk about digital music, things like that. But some of it was just rethinking it and making sure that I stood by everything that I had said and and doing things like making it more gender inclusive because I wasn't thinking about that in 2004. Um, and people really do talk about it as a classic. Lilith Dorsey wrote the introduction and she was talking about what a classic she thinks it is. And that really moved me because I mean, Lilith Dorsey, she's a rock star. And um, like, if you don't know Lilith's books, please look her up. Um, So I was really touched by her saying that it was a classic. Um, And honestly, there was this big trend by, by 2006 of people writing books about the elements. Mine was first. And I'm not saying anybody copied me, you know, I pulled it out of the, out of the zeitgeist, right? I pulled it out of the air of what was going on out there. And, and I just got there first with it. I became obsessed with the subject matter and I like had to write it, but, um, people loved it. Um, and it sold very well for a long time and then it went out of print and then Cross Crow picked it up. Um, it's a delight actually to hear that somebody like you is reading it and never heard of it before because i mean just i mean i had my doubts and and crosscrow was so there first of all crosscrow books they're so great but they were they were so enthusiastic we have to have this book in print we love this book and in my head i was like like this book sold really well for a long time and then it stopped selling. Maybe, maybe it's done, you know, maybe it's lived its life. And um, so, so right off the bat, like in the first minute of this podcast for you to tell me, you've never heard of it the first time around and, and you're just encountering it now. That is so exciting for me because that means that there's still like a whole world of people who can just have that first engagement with the elements. Absolutely. And the thing is, I come from an oral tradition, right? Or all our knowledge on Mexican magic, folk magic, uh, the way of worship in nature, etc. It's all oral. So I'm not such a heavy reader. I think we talk about this when you were here before for the other book. It takes me, and it has nothing to do with the language barrier, which exists, but it has nothing to do with the language. It's just, it's hard for me to learn from a book. I rather always learn from a teacher because I'm a hearing learner and I come from an oral tradition. But the thing is, the book is such comprehensive guide of everything that we do in magic. And you said it on the book, uh, they are present, the elements are present on paganism, they are pa- present on native traditions, they are present on all kinds of magic. And never have I ever seen such comprehensive dissection of the elements on everything and the way you go so 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 deep into my reading this is your second book that I read I love how you go deep into things and dissect and really um, go to the nitty-gritty of things and then you come back out resurface with all this information for us 
to be accessible. So as a person who has been practicing magic for so long, but so focused on the elements for the last 15 years, 14 years, to find out that my teacher based all his teachings on this book is just, it's a golden nugget. And, and I have to say, he did a wonderful job because he didn't stray away from the book. You know, uh, he never told us that he was teaching from the book, but um, I feel like I have come full circle, right? Because now I have the book and I'm like, oh my God, this is what I learned with this person. And it just so happens that it's here in the book. And you must be very, I hope it makes you proud that I have continued on my teachings. It's I, honestly really heartwarming. It, it really is. It's lovely. And it's, I know people have written to me um, many times actually and said that they have study groups built around working through chapter by chapter of the book. And that's, it's very, it's very heartwarming. You know, writing is this, I'm an extroverted person. People think of writers as introverts, and I'm sure most writers probably are introverts, but I'm not. Uh, but writing is this very solitary, lonely process. So for, for, for me to hear that people are actually engaged with it, talking about it, interacting with it, teaching from it, that to me is what keeps it going. That That is what the process is for me. Like writing is, um, it's communicating. Yeah. So, and I just got obsessed with the four elements because everything rolls down to the four elements. Yeah. Like you can't study tarot if you don't know what the elements are. You can't study astrology if you don't know what the elements are. You can't study Kabbalah if you don't know what the elements are. So no matter, like I could go on alchemy, like you cannot talk about anything in western magic without talking about the four elements yeah so so they're sort of the building blocks of everything and they're a lens through which we can we can view the universe right so we can we can sort of i mean you my daughter's an astrologer right so no matter what you tell her, she's like, well, blah is transiting, blah is, that's why you're, you know, and, you know, when Mars is retrograde, people are accident prone, or I don't know if other people are accident prone, but whatever my particular chart is, I'm accident prone. And so she's like, you have to do grounding, body grounding exercises when Mars is in retrograde so that you don't fall down as much and don't make break as many things. And I'm like, okay, so, but my point is, because <laughs> I see that I've gone off. Um, but my point is that, um, she sees everything through the planets mm -hmm. and that's a completely legitimate lens through which to see them. But another way of seeing everything is through the elements. You start to see them everywhere and you start to notice that, you know, this is watery and this is airy. And, and once you just do this exercise, right? Where you force yourself to look at every single thing as elemental, you will develop a relationship with the elements um, that creates them as a power within you, right? They, they, they become your magical tool in this deeply personal way. Yeah. Like, like the book is a little bit goofy, right? Because I have a whole chapter on 
a whole section on perfumes. I have also this hilarious quiz on how to tell how people are dressed, what their, you know, predominant element is. Like, that's all a little bit goofy. But it's also a way of incorporating, experiencing the element into every moment of your life so that you come out of it with mastery. And for someone who sees the world, I could never see the world like your daughter because astrology for me, it might as be, be might as well be written on runes or a dead <laughs> language because I cannot. For the life of me, two things that I, as much as I have studied, they just don't go in my head. Uh, the Kabbalah and astrology. I just can't. I, I just can't connect with it. But you tell me tarot, you know, I'm a professional tarot reader. I, you know, work as a witch for hire, etc. So I see the world through tarot, which intrinsically is seeing the world through the elements. So I'm so thrilled that my teacher got obviously a hold of your book so many years ago. And then um, I learned through the way of the elements. And now I teach through the way of the elements. So your legacy I'm I'm so happy to find out that I am your student, that <laughs> I your legacy, Deborah, through this book, and then to come full circle with it is fantastic. And then to um, one of the things that I love about the way how you explain things again is how you dissect them and and chop them off, and and to me it feels like you go really deep into this rabbit hole almost like an alchemist that you like experiment with everything. And then you're like, ha, I know how I'm going to tell them so they can understand. And then you use this language that is so very familiar and so very eloquent and accessible to everybody. I love it. And I love the quizzes. I grew up in the eighties. So I remember Cosmo, right? That was, oh my God, Laura, that is exactly what I modeled it after. I modeled it after Cosmo quizzes. I 100% did. So now we all know we're all on BuzzFeed, right? And, you know, it's what Hogwarts house are you? And what what uh, Umbrella Academy uh, person are you? And what this and, you know, all of those quizzes. So I, that I but I modeled it after that. But I 100%, I said I want quizzes like Cosmo. That was what I said when I wrote the book. <laughs> I'm telling you, the connection is there. So... I have learned throughout my life that we are kind of obsessed with being one thing, right? I know I have a predominant air personality and most of the deities that come and touch me and say, you work for me are air deities. So I'm kind of obsessed with, I'm all air, I'm all air. And I know, I know you look at me and you're like, she's full of it because she's earth and she's water and blah, blah. How important is that we recognize what we are and, and also what we project and what we embody? That's such a great question because it's, it's, it's really a complicated question because part of it is, yes, know yourself. Knowing yourself is the root of all magic, right? Who am I? If I can't be honest with myself, if I cover my mirror, then I can't affect the world because your energy is all tied up in hiding, right? 
Mm -hmm. When I know myself, am truthful with myself and can look in a mirror, then I can look at the world. I can have an impact on the world. You know, being dishonest with oneself is exhausting and it drains all your energy. It binds your energy. So, of course, we have to know ourselves. Um, But people can be shitty about knowing themselves also. I hope I'm allowed to use that language. But um, people people can be like, well, I, it's just how I am. You know, well, people will say some awful, rude, mean-spirited thing to you and says, well, I'm, I'm just honest. No, no, you can be honest and not be mean. So you don't have to be the most hurtful version of yourself. So go back and look in the mirror again. Um, and the same is true with the elements. You're like, well, I'm just airy. Part of the goal of magic is is to balance. Part of the goal of any spiritual or occult system is to live in, in balance. You can be more than what you are. And when I say balance, you know, um, I have a friend who is Sicilian and very fiery. And... When he first read The Way of Four, he thought that the way to balance out his fire was to try to suppress his fire. Well, when you take a really hot-tempered, fiery person and you try to bring the fire down, it's going to stay down until it explodes. You create a volcano. Yes. It's going to be a very unattractive situation. The way that you balance yourself is by improving your relationship with the other three elements. And one of the exercises in the book is is a self-discovery process where where the reader can learn, and there's a quiz, and there's an exercise, and there's a meditation, but the idea is to discover that you already have an intimate, positive relationship with all four elements. So yeah. if you find that one of those elements is not working well in your life, it's either impacting you negatively or you don't, or you need it and you, and it's not showing up. You can go through that exercise and, and work with that element to bring it up and to make it more present for you. So if you're, I mean, airy people, they're flaky, they miss appointments. They're, they're confused. They, they waste their money because money isn't real to them. And, you know, there's, and they never stop talking. She says that she says the world's longest run on sentence, but, but air is also, is also wonderful, but, but you're saying you're an airy person, but you scheduled a podcast, started it on time, you know, made sure that I had the link. You, you were organized, you were structured, you brought earth where it was needed. Yeah. And and it was this very teacher, by the way, I'm, I'm not ashamed and I know she will be very proud. My teacher was Marty Couch here in Chicago. So it was Marty Couch who actually set me straight those many years ago when he said to me, no, Laura, you think you're air, but you actually are more earth because you make things happen. You ground things, you make them happen. You're a um, salesperson and, you know, you, you. Uh, promote yourself and you promote your events and, da, 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 and you're very organized and you make things be materialized so what I find as a surprise of course because having now the book my first hand literally I started doing all the quizzes right 
And then I realized like, oh my God, I have a fair amount, you know, fair balance between the elements. And then of course, the ones that I'm missing, the one that I'm missing the most is fire. Because, you know, I'm not that fiery. I'm not that active. I'm not that, uh, you know, like I tame myself sometimes. And it really dawned on me when you said having a healthy relationship doesn't mean you're going to smoosh the one element, but you're just going to build a nicer relationship with the other ones. So it's been, you know, I notice and I can see on myself how intuitively I have been building a relationship with my fire uh, in the past few years, right? I've seen some going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know to be okay with being angry to be okay with being fiery to be okay with being passionate etc so all these beautiful qualities that we learn i guess from society to to tone down sometimes do you think is the patriarchy that teaches us to tone down or, or is just that we want to be good people what do you think it happens uh, i i think good people is probably cultural right and I yeah. think it is the patriarchy. I think women especially are taught uh, to suppress fire, especially fire, because fire is a leadership thing. And because we're not supposed, not only are we not supposed to be angry, we're also not supposed to be horny. So like all of the fire stuff is denied us. We're not supposed to be charismatic leaders. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a thing with, with fire where um, the patriarchy wants men to have control of the fire which yeah. I mean, as we talk about it, I mean, this isn't in the book and I haven't thought about it before, but it sounds very mythological, right? Prometheus brings fire to humankind because that's the source of, of our power and he was punished for it. And so now the patriarchy is trying to take that away from half of, of humankind. But yeah, women can be all of those wonderful fire things. We can be angry, we can be passionate, we can be leaders, we can be um, sluts, we can be all of these wonderful fire things. Yeah. Um, but again, fire can be a problem if it's your only element. Any element can be a problem if it's your only element, you know, and, and balance is how we function best in the world but identifying these elements sometimes people come to me i have to say and they say well such and such and such is happening what element is that and it isn't always clear and it isn't always the number one best lens through which to view things and i talk about that in the book um the example i think i give is like why is my house messy well maybe it's messy because you've got so much earth that you're a hoarder Maybe it's messy because you're super airy and you don't even notice that it's messy. Maybe it's messy because you're fiery and you've got a million things going on and you can't slow down long enough to just clean, right? Like there could be, maybe it's messy because you're emotionally overwhelmed because you're so watery. So I don't know why your house is messy. It's not always, the question to ask in every single situation is, what element is this? That's not always the best question to ask, but it's a great question to start with. It's a yeah. great, do I see this situation as having an elemental component is a great question to start with. Maybe you want to bring other stuff in after that, but definitely you can always start with the elements. Yeah. 
And as I was hearing you giving the examples, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, I am answering about my own house being messy with all four examples and all four fit, you know? So it's like, eh, you don't know really, but that's why this book is such an excellent tool. So not only you have all these quizzes that are fantastic and fun, they're fun to do. Um, you can't spend 15 minutes on social media repeat that please because you broke down a little bit oh i'm sorry everybody loves quizzes you cannot spend 15 minutes on social media without somebody suggesting that you take some cute quiz yep and i just decided that i wanted quizzes in the book they turn out to be very hard to write because if you don't write them really really carefully um everybody will answer the same you have to weigh those questions super carefully i had a ton of people everybody in the office where i used to work took those quizzes like 20 times to make sure that i had them right they're so much fun and not only you gift us those quizzes but you also give us a whole bunch of tools and exercises and i think every chapter has an exercise or two um, I have to say my favorite ones are the ones on the, the elements at work and in love. And I know there's so much more on the book that we can talk about, but I don't want to give away the whole book. So I, I will let you tap into certain things if you want to, but I love the love chapter and I love the disclaimer you give on the love chapter. Would you like to talk about that? Well, like don't try to do magic on your partner against their will because that's awkward. I mean, that's really funny because we talk about consent nowadays in a much different way than we did 20 years ago when I wrote the book. Um, and it's much easier to explain to people, you know, consent is something that you should have in your relationships. Whereas you used to have to use a lot more words to explain that because now we just say, oh, consent. Okay. And then everybody just moves on. But um, you're not going to get a marriage proposal by throwing a lot of earth at your partner. That's just not appropriate. I mean, maybe you will, but is is like, won't you, first of all, that's shitty because we've already agreed I'm allowed to say that word. Um, but second of all, like, won't you always spend the rest of your life going, well, did they mean it? Exactly. You know, so so if what I talk about in the chapter on love is is the journey of every relationship in the elements. And um, so, and every relationship, I often, um, like, it's a funny question. Like if you've been married for a long time, I, we just had our 10th anniversary. Um, like, how do you find that romance? How do you find that, that, you know, that air moment, that discovery that, Oh my God, I don't know who you are, but I love you already kind of thing. Like my, when my, my spouse and I met, it was love at first sight. It was for both of us. We were both like, Oh shit. Now what? Like, like, like thunderstruck. And so a lot of times I will just sort of 
try to remember that first meeting or try to remember our wedding day and just sit and be with it and be with the memory so that I can bring back that feeling of excitement because it's so easy to lose that feeling of excitement. And so I've, and you know, that's just a relationship thing, but I frame it as an elemental thing. Bring back the beginning. One of the things that happens in life is that, um, we cycle through the elements. We're constantly cycling through the elements. And I talk about this a lot in the book and I give lots and lots of examples. Um, but you can perceive all of these cycles as beginning with air, ending with earth, and then starting over again with air. Mm-hmm. So giving that, bringing that, like when your relationship gets dull, um, a lot of times you just, you moved, you cycled through the elements and you got to earth and you said, yay, we're at earth. Woo, earth. Like I'm married and I have a home and I'm pregnant and whatever earth means to you. Right. And then you just stayed there like a lump. Like things are meant to cycle. They're not meant to just stop. So figure out how to get that that loving, wonderful, exciting air back to the beginning so that you can freshen it up. Because you know what comes after air is fire. And then you will get laid. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very important. (laughs) It's fantastic. But I love how you, again, broke it down there that too much fire. Whoop-de-doo, you're doing the thing. There was a movie in Mexico called La Tarea, The Homework. And it was exactly about doing that homework nightly. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's great. You you do the homework every night, right? You have great sex and then that's it. So you stay in that fire and you don't move into I mean, a- people People who stay in fire in their relationships, they just cycle through relationships because eventually, you know, one partner is going to want to move forward and the other partner is like, oh, now I got to go get the next fire now yeah you know you're james bond and it's just one after another after another absolutely i i love all the like i say all the exercises the invocations um talking about elementals and guardians and all of these things once again um and i say once again because in other your other book you also talk about how we repeat things without thinking, without questioning, without asking, without going into the root of why we say things or do certain things. And um, I love at the very beginning how you talk about the elementals and the guardians. And then you put all this beautiful meditation exercise, exercises, meditations, and invocations. And then for folks that don't know what I'm talking about, buy the book. Um, <laughs> there are some simple invocations and there are some more elaborated invocations. There are some simple meditations and there are some deeper meditations. Um, there are some rituals that I mean it has it all. And and I think <laughs> I'm not bothering you. This is my honest opinion. But For you know, time, you just said earlier that you struggle learning things through reading everybody has different learning styles everybody has different personal styles so what i try to do when i write is to make sure that i'm including as many people as possible some people if it's not long and elaborate they can't get into it it's not enough for them some people if it's not short and simple they get bored and they wander away so 
I try, I try to give everybody everything. Like I, I have my own style. I have my own preferences, but like, here's one that's this way. Here's one that's that way. Here's one that's this way. Like, so that you can find yourself. Like these books are meant for readers, right? Like, so you, you're not like a real, like reading person. So honestly, in the eighties, there weren't a lot of teachers. There weren't a lot of books available. You you read books because nobody was talking about it. There weren't like Wiccans on TV, you know? Um, so you had to read books. And I absolutely saw the way that it skewed the pagan community, right? Like that we were all really kind of bookish because that was really the only way in. Mm -hmm. Um, and as as it's become a bigger community and there's more information out there and there's more ways of getting information then people were able to have access to paganism and the occult who weren't necessarily bookish and i think that's a wonderful thing obviously there are audiobooks but um all but like i said people can have discussion groups built around the book so that it's not just sitting in your corner reading like yeah. the idea is accessibility to me. I know that I'm a writer and I've written a lot of books, but to me, it's I'm what I am is a communicator and a teacher. So the 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 elements are are for people to use. It's not about the book that you buy, although like I love when people buy my books. But of course, and like if Cross Crow is going to be mad at me if I don't tell you to buy my books, but you know. The point is not the book. The point is your ability to have that experience. So if there's a short invocation that doesn't speak to you, but the long invocation does or vice versa, then I've done my job. Yeah. And the thing is, people like me, again, that I'm not that bookish, I have become now, I shouldn't say, shouldn't even say that I don't read anymore because I I have to be reading all these books for all these interviews which I'm glad. But see, that is that is actually an elemental balance right there. That is actually an elemental balance because I now go deep into these books and learn the stuff. But in the praxis, I like the short, simple, succinct, to the point. So I love that you have that variety, right? Because again, being an oral tradition magician or witch, um, I like it short and sweet, so it's easy for me to memorize, and I start practicing immediately, right? And so those invocations are now part of my to-go uh, tool. And yes, we need to tell Crossfire Books, thank you, and buy the book, learn the book, and learn from the book, and practice, 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 practice. Uh, you mentioned in the book about a person that does the exercises yearly. God bless her. She is my, she's, everybody was like, oh, you've got to meet Kimmy. She's your super fan. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm a super fan. Like, that's a little scary, right? <laughs> she does. She goes through the, the, the nature exercises and the personal exercises, the, the ones in the beginning of the book, she goes through them every year. And I'm like, okay, you do you. I don't go up on a roof once a year, but you do you. Um, but you can get a lot out of these exercises. Some of the nature exercises are just, they're just delightful. Like they're really a lot of fun. 
Like, I, I, I like burying myself. That's my, that's like super fun. <laughs> that's the one I probably couldn't do. I, I could probably do it on the beach. Yeah. It's but, a good beach exercise. Yeah. Because of my insect phobia, I couldn't do it on the. Oh, insects. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, no, beaches are, yeah, you'd be fine on the beach. Sand, you yeah. could use sand. But that wonderful feeling of having the earth on top of you and that feeling that there's something heavy on you that that prevents you from moving as if you were like a plant. That's just an incredible feeling. Like give yourself permission to have that. Do it with somebody near you so that you feel safe. Yeah. You know, but such a great ground and even the visualization of it, you know. Even if you don't, you know, do it like me that I wouldn't do on the dirt. I'll go on the beach and do it. But yeah, I love all the exercises. Um, how many times did you try these exercises when you wrote the book originally before you actually put them on the book? Uh, some of them only once. Some of them I absolutely just knew that that was going to work and I, I was fine. Um, some of them... Like the, the like I said, the stuff that took the most tinkering with was the quiz. Like a lot of the quizzes had to be written like five times before I got them right. The exercises, you sit down with an exercise, you do it, you know, it works. The meditations, like, you know, maybe you have to fix a few words. They don't flow well. Oh, that didn't take as much time as I thought it would. That took too much time. So, you, you know, take little, little tweaks, but mostly, yeah, you just, you just kick that out. I'm just sitting, I mean, I used to be a single mother, right? And I'm just sitting, I got, I can't go out. I got a, I got a kid asleep in the house, right? So I can't go anywhere. So I'm just thinking it, visualizing it, taking notes, practicing it, spending hours writing every night. I have, I don't spend as many hours writing every night anymore, but I do sometimes. <laughs> Of course you do. You you have some new books coming up and Oh, so oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. Tell us tell us a little bit about that. The books that are coming out. Uh, this this year has been incredible. Bending the Binary came out at the beginning of the year and you and I discussed it. And then yeah. the book we're discussing, The Way of Four, just came out. And then the one that's coming out like right now, like this week or next week, is Magic of the Elements. Magic of the Elements um i love this book this book was the follow-up to the way of four it's elemental spell work so it's just it's elemental witchcraft so and it's from two points of view right it's uh doing spells that are about the elements and doing spells with the elements so you know both sides from the spell to the element and vice versa and um I really just, you know, I just started out with, like, just making a list. What's every possible spell that you could call a fire spell? What's every possible spell that you could call a water spell? And then just diving in and exploring each of these. It's mostly, uh, there's, there's a lot of example spells. I think there's like 40 spells in the book, which is not a lot of spells, honestly. It's mostly teaching how, it's a lot of how-to, it's a lot of really practical, like very 
my witchcraft is very folk magic style. Very, I don't, there's, there's no, you know, planetary hours and, and there's, I don't do much in the way of high magic. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a happy witchcraft, low magic girl. That's my thing. Um, I mean, at one point there's a spell in that book where, um, I, uh, about keeping secrets and I was, I was, okay, how do I do a spell about keeping secrets? So I decided that was the subject matter and I start and I've got, and I'm sitting there and I'm writing a book about magic. So I've got a stack of herb books and I've got a stack of gem books and I've got, you know, runes and all those reference books that you need. Right. And I was like, if I write one more, one more herbal correspondence, I'm going to shoot myself. I'm going to stab myself in the eye with my pen. And I ended up writing a spell around keys. What have you got in your house? What does everyone have? Keys to doors that they have no idea. What what does this key unlock? I have no idea. It's been on my key ring for the past five years, and I no longer know why. Everybody has those. Yep. So, and there's something magical about that. The mystery key. What do keys do? They keep secrets. They lock things. So I built a spell around mysterious keys. So that's very much my style of doing magic. My style of doing magic is ordinary and um, kind of uh, intuitive and sort of artsy, craftsy, creative. And there's a lot of that energy in the book, but it's all built around the elements. That's the magic of the elements. And that's, like I said, that's with Cross Crow. And that's like, I want to say this week or next week is out. You can look on Amazon, look on Cross Crow. Uh, I don't know if it's crosscrow.com or crosscrowbooks.com. I apologize. It's one of those. Um, and And then... The big exciting news for people who have been my fans for a while is that I was, I was actually for stupid reasons. I was writing a list of everything that I'd ever written. And I saw that my first book was written in 2003 Mm -hmm. and I'm not like a super numbers person, but I can count to 20. Right. And I realized it was 2023 and it was 20 years since my first book came out. And that was a big deal. And that, I mean, that holy shit, right. I, I it was for 20 years since my first book came out. I've written 11 books, not counting the revisions and the rewrites, mm-hmm. some of which have been substantive, I've done four and and they've been like writing whole new books, but not counting that there's a total of 11 books. That's a lot. And so there it is. Elements of ritual. I cannot tell you how often somebody comes up to me and says, I love your book. And because I'm obnoxious, I say, Oh, which one? (laughs) But they always mean elements of ritual. If people have only read one book, that's the one they've read and people love it and it's still in print after 20 years. And I reached out to my editor at Llewellyn and I said, what if we did an anniversary edition 
Well, they don't want to call it a 20th anniversary edition because that immediately dates it. And let's face it, it's coming out in 2024. Mm -hmm. So it's the 20th anniversary. So it's not called that. In my mind, it's a 20th anniversary edition in my brain, but it's a brand new, fully revised, completely updated. And Llewellyn, oh my God, their editorial standards have become so much stricter like I didn't, they did not demand that I researched everything I wrote 20 years ago. Now they do. And there were things in that book that were wrong. Um, and that I, that they said, well, have you looked this up? Where, what's your source on that? What's your source on that? And I was, oh, I, I guess that has to go. So some of the stuff that we did with the new edition is, um, I had really not read it in so long that I forgot how incredibly gendered binary normative it was. Like I had just forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't just remove all the gender from the book. I didn't want to do that. A lot of traditional Wicca is built around a gender binary. And if you want to practice that way, who am I to tell you not to? Exactly. But what I did was I gave more options. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how my thinking had changed in 20 years. And, you know, so I, I, I did that. I fixed all the errors, all the things that were not sourced. I was much more careful about cultural appropriation, removed all references to smudging, for example, because I'm just a white girl from New Jersey. I have no right to tell other people to smudge, you know, um, but things like we were not, having a lot of conversation about it 20 years ago i have to say for a 20 year old book i was more careful about things like that than i think most people were at that time Mm -hmm. but there was still room for improvement yep so people consider elements of ritual of classic the new edition i think will be out in february and i hope that it will be a new classic for a new age well, I'm going to have to get it and I'm going to have to read it because now I have The Way of Four under my belt and Bending the Binary. So, of course, the new one is going to have to be on my bookshelf and then here on my little computer. By the way, it is crosscrowbooks.com. Thank crosscrowbooks.com. Cross. So, crossed as in, not cross, crossed, crossed. like the past tense, crow books we want to make sure that people can find the books all my books of course are going to be available on amazon the the way of four the one we started out talking about before we got distracted is available i think there are still a small number like a handful left of signed numbered limited edition hardcovers and by a handful i don't know there might be only five left Mm mm-hmm but they're super special. They're beautiful, hardcover, like I said, with a with a like a you know, um beautiful color embossing on the inside and it's got a little ribbon bookmark. They're beautiful. Um and they're numbered. So when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And but those are uh, obviously that's not available on Amazon. You have to go directly to Cross Crow for that. Yes. And the guys will help you. And if you 
have a store or if your local shop don't have the copy, you hit up the guys across crowbooks.com and hopefully they can send some copies to your local shop. And but I think they also are sending individuals for people who buy who want to buy one from them directly. That's my knowledge. And if I'm wrong, Blake and Wick are going to have to deal with me being wrong. <laughs> you know? I have knowledgeable guys and um, they they love when people like go into the store and say, well, what's a book on such and such a topic and they can guide you. Yeah, they're fantastic guys and I really love them. And they're cute. And, and they're cute. And by the way, we're going to have the uh, on the 20, the weekend of the 27, 28, 29. Uh, Maliway Brothers are going to have a fair of fortunes that is going to be fantastic. Three days of fortune tellers telling you your fortune. This is the, this is the season, obviously. And yours truly, Lord Gonzalez, the Blue Witch, uh, Friday. I will be there Friday all day with Wick and Blake or whoever is at the shop. Um well, there, there is there is nothing like doing all day readings by the what you want what you really want um like by the second half of doing all day readings your brain is now the most fried thing on the planet and all you are is psychic you practically don't need your cards anymore i used to do that i did um you know like do do fairs and stuff and um one time in the 90s i guess um my my late ex-husband and i did the um uh the aids dance-a-thon and they had set up a big tarot reading room for people who wanted a break from the dancing and at the javits center which is massive in new york city and so i just sat there and and you know so it was all for charity so somebody else was just taking the money and just sending people to the nearest free reader and so I just sat there and I don't know, did eight hours of straight reading because there wasn't even any hello, like taking people's money to to sort of stop you and slow you down. Like it was just read, 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 read. And it was just, you know, like you do that for an hour and you do that for two hours and around hour three, you, you know, you leave your body. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just and just the words are just sort of coming. And then the last person, the very last person, as they were closing up, was a college student who was suicidal. And she was with her friend, but because she was the last person and they were closing up around us, there was nobody to stop us or say, your time is up. So I just sat with her until we were able to get her to commit to going to the counseling and getting help and get her friend to commit to like, I, I walked them through like this major life crisis. Um, and, and, you know, by the grace of the gods, they were last so that I was able to give them that time. These, these all day psychic events, they, they change your life. They change the life of the reader. Yeah. And I know that the people that I've read for, and I've done many of these, 
that the people that I've done readings for, it's changed their life. It's not like it's going to a reader can change your life, right? We all know that, but this is different. Yeah. This is different. And it's especially ordinary. The guys pick this date, you know, because they want to tap into that energy of of yeah, all yeah. souls, etc. And when they 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 invite me every time they do it so far, you know, I've done it a few times. But I happen to be in Chicago because I usually am traveling during Southern time. And this year I'm I happen to be in Chicago. So I'm like, of course, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So it's gonna be so much fun. That's gonna be wonderful. Yeah, and you are correct by that happens to me when I'm super, super tired. Like you say, half of the day I'm fried. So it's just psychic. But it also happens to me when I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah. A, a little, a drink helps. I mean, I won't, I'm, I won't lie. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a glass of wine. I'll kick off, kick off the process very nicely. But um, no, I was supposed to, we, we tried to get me out there this month. There's an event that I've been helping to host in September. I'm one of the organizers of. So that weekend wasn't available. And then this past weekend was the high holy days, you know, and I observe the Jewish holidays. So I wasn't available. So it's just been impossible to get me out there, but I hope to be out there soon. And I hope to get to see you and hug you and chit chat and all that good stuff. Maybe have a little adult beverage. Why not? I'm an adult. I can have adult beverages if I so choose. There you go. Uh, say she who's drinking water. I can see her. Sorry, you cannot see her. I'm, I am drinking water now. But first of all, uh, we want to keep my throat functional while I'm talking. Of course. And and um, I would get a little bit ridiculous if I was drinking wine while we were talking. The conversation, you might ask me what I've written and I wouldn't know. <laughs> so it's when we're done i might switch to wine there you go i i'm so thrilled that you were able to make it to the show tonight thank you so much for uh unabashedly being my teacher for so long <laughs> uh it's good to know now that through my wonderful teacher who based his teachings on your book i you know, it, it's just so fun to find it to go full circle. It's just it's del it's absolutely delightful. Um, I should tell listeners debralip.com. I have a website, I try to keep it updated with the latest books and stuff. My socials are all at Deb Lip Author. There are two P's in lip. Um so that's uh that thing that used to be twitter and that's insta and that's and you can find me on facebook because i'm old um and um and i have a website and and cross crow books and llewellyn books so you, i shouldn't be too hard to find honestly no no you're everywhere and we love you and we thank you for writing all these wonderful books and of course, I'm going to have to invite you back on February, March, when the new book comes out so we can talk. That would be so much fun, yeah. And I think if a person is smart, a person will buy The Way of Four, read that, and then go buy the new re-edition of, what's the name going to be? Magic of the Elements? Yeah. 
and then have a full collection of my elemental books Deborah's wisdom and your practice i mean you do need that thank you so much for being on the show thank you to cross crow books for the book for having you here and um i just leave you the microphone to say good night to your audience but thank you deborah for being here thank you thank you laura for having me um thank you everyone for listening because i do go on and uh blessed be and enjoy your witchcraft Bye -bye. everybody and never forget that uh we have over 950 hours of podcasts available for you at csmp the circle sanctuary network podcast podcast you can find them on any place that you find your podcast or you can go to circlesanctuary.org and go to the csmp um window or if you're on facebook like me and deborah you can find the page csn podcast and there you will see all the podcasts that are coming. Um, all the shows that we have, Circle Talks, Circle of Nature, Blue Marble, Songs of the Pagan Tribe, all of those in English, Lunatic Mondays in English. And then we have Paganos del Mundo in Spanish and Portuguese. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I, will, I thank you all for being here. And until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Mwah. Goodbye. Lunatic Mondays is a production of Laura Gonzalez for CSN Podcasts, building bridges of community around the world. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings. <laughs>